Hi, Moz. This is Jake and Tipsy. Hello. Hello. I didn't expect them to expand the Jonathan Riss Davies cinematic universe to include villainous roles. You're in the damn woods. Hmm. Welcome to the Damn Woods Monday Media Podcast. Uh, it is the week of Thanksgiving. We are recording. So and, that means uh, by the time you hear this, it's the holidays. Man, it is the holidays. Merry also, Christmas, everyone. I am breaking this, so many personal rules by saying that before Thanksgiving. But since people are oh, listening whatever. to it after, I feel okay it's about it. It's recording. It doesn't count. It's radio magic. It's fine. It's radio magic. They don't know when this was recorded, except you just told them. Uh, it's whatever. <laughs> This is live, everyone. <laughs> shut up. Um, every time you press play on a damn woods audio file, we actually have to get into a room with a microphone. <laughs> a red to talk light to you turns live. on, and yeah. we frantically scramble into the back, no matter what we were doing. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> we actually live on your MP3 player, and that's right. Yeah. It is 2006. I did say MP3 player. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, this is unfortunately bigger on the inside. <laughs> So, I've uh, this is a little bit of a holiday tradition for me, and then I watch these movies once a year, usually in the uh, the end of the year because I remember them again. Can and, we uh, also make it a holiday tra- uh, tradition to have Tipsy on the program? Oh, yeah, that's fine. I'm fine. I mean, with if, that. if I'm around, yeah, no problem. Obviously, okay, okay. Don't want to put too much obligation on you or anything, Thanks. but. Yeah, we, uh, wait, so Jake watches these as a holiday tradition. I love these fucking movies. The, I will always love them. I don't, I understand, like, I, like, I don't, did you see the same films I did? I'm just saying. Richard Chamberlain, Jonathan <laughs> Reese davies Sharon Stone. Sharon fucking Stone is in these. James uh, Earl Jones. James Earl Jones in the James second Earl one. James Earl Jones is in this. I also. He's the best character in both of them. He's yeah, pretty he's, great. He's only He's one actually one. a superhero. Oh. No, I'm <laughs> saying incredible. that he is the best character <laughs> okay. between them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, He's pretty good. I need to be clear with you here, Jake. Uh, ten minutes into the first one, uh-huh. I just reflexively said, Jake says he watched these a lot as a kid, and it explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I watched these constantly as a child. Uh, oh they're my so good, God. and they're so, so insane. So to uh, to clarify for you listeners, um, we are talking about the cinematic classics King Solomon's Mines and Alan Quartermain and the uh, what is it? The City Lost of Gold. Lost City of Gold. Lost City of Gold. Lost City of Gold has some amazing plot points that I was like, man, you guys are brave. This is exciting. This is yeah, yeah. Um, like, what if we took the city scene from? Oh man, I guess Raiders of the Lost, Raiders Ark. Of the Lost Ark and extended it for a full half hour. <laughs> they really did. Um, so these movies are based on a character that was a, a pulp, a pulp novel character, pulp comic, pulp novel character. There are old Alan Quarterman movies too, and there have been new direct to DVD ones as well. Yeah, we were looking at the IMDb. 
Uh, and oh. oh my goodness! So the, the yeah. first one, actually, the first adaptation was 1937. Yeah, this, this is a this is an ancient character. Basically, it's pretty. Yeah. it's from 1885 was the first novel. That's, uh, that's an old one. There you go. Um, there was also a TV miniseries starring Patrick Swayze, which which is we just might baffling. need to track down. I mean, if I can find that, I will. That's fucking insane. That's wild. The Swayze. That is, uh, that is fucking wild. Um, and oh my God. Yeah. The, the 2008 one uh, is definitely, definitely uh, Alan Quartermain and the legally distinct from <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Christ- kingdom of the crystal skull. Oh man. But it's before, I mean, I'm just saying it's before that. Oh yeah. The property is older than that, but the no, no, 2008 I'm film. Uh, wasn't Crystal Skull post 2008? That was 2009 maybe, but 2008 had been uh, announced. No, it came I out mean, in 08. It came out in 08. Okay. Okay. Uh, legally distinct Crystal Skulls. Yes. Um, yeah, these are different ones. These ones are from Africa. Did technically beat them to market though by fucking got them. Who nailed it? <laughs> Suck on that, Indiana Jones. <laughs> Copycat ass. <laughs> here's a here's an unrelated question, and not to get too tangential here. Mm-hmm. Um, why has there not been an Indiana Bones poster made where it's well, just bones? Question. Yeah, in like, like Indiana a Jones hat. Indiana Jones style poster. I don't know, but I, I kind of want that to happen. Tell him on Twitter immediately. Dear Bones. <laughs> also. New concept art for your next album. Also, you, please be interviewed on our program. Come on the damn woods. <laughs> uh, so these movies are totally fucking insane. Like full tilt, totally, completely batshit. And they are. Fantastic. Like I'm I was super surprised that you'd never seen them. They are like every like imagine if someone saw Indiana Jones and was like, what if we made a much cheaper and more confusing version of this? It is staggeringly extra. It was exhausting. It was exhausting. Like, there also, wasn't a single break the whole time. No. There were- like there the were, chillest part had most of the people on screen hanging upside down. Yeah, that the was the first uh, one. Yeah, yeah. First uh, one is pretty much just like at pegged at like ten for almost no reason the whole time. Mm-hmm. Which the problem was <laughs> uh, with the second one that it wasn't. The, no, the second one ha- tried to have some down tempo moments, but they licensed way less music. <laughs> Yeah, they licensed that one song, and that's really about it. It's, it's the like Alan the one, song, the one song with a little bit of synth, and then the violin song. The, like yep. the funny violin song, which uh, I will note, Tipsy caught way sooner than I did, because I was like, on my phone. And then it'd be like, hey, they added another song. She's like, I just said that. I probably missed <laughs> less of the movie as a person that was asleep during part I, of that it. That is entirely possible. <laughs> that's impressive. And yet. And yet. Um, so let's talk about the first one. Let's talk about King, King Solomon's, Solomon's Mines. Mines. I don't think this was like ever like I, I don't honestly. So after this movie came out, I don't know how they made a sequel. It um, is, well, OK, I got to say the 1985 film. Yeah. Like th- this this adaptation. Mm-hmm. Shockingly high budget. 
especially I mean, considering the era. 85 adventure movie, yeah. 1985, uh, 11 to $12.6 million to make this movie. Holy shit. That's a lot for this. Um, yeah. Like, I assume most of that was just spent on cocaine for fucking Chamberlain. Yeah, I mean, that's reasonable. And for Sharon Stone and John. And for Sharon Stone. For the, for the nameable actors that appeared on that's this. Their cocaine supply. <laughs> Ten million of it. was the it. 80s. So, I mean. <laughs> a lot of elephants and lions, too. Those well, must cost something. Well, they, they filmed on location. Oh, so they were free. Yeah. yeah. They were, like, right there. They're just wandering around. They're like, hey, we got an elephant in shot. Go, go, go. I imagine that there's not a single location in Africa where you can't see a group of elephants and a lion from wherever you are. They're all over the fucking continent. All over it's, it's, it's a continent. <laughs> full, full of elephants. It's a continent just lousy with elephants. Yeah. Just completely just all over. Why do you fucking, you know, Mountain you ban elephants. the ivory trade and you get these fucking elephant infestations, I swear to Christ. Desert elephants. Tree Desert elephants. elephants. Tree elephants everywhere. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith composed the soundtrack, and I gotta say, uh, this fucking hack has been writing oh, no. the coattails of John Williams for his entire goddamn career. I'm just calling it right now. 100%. This is like legally distinct B-movie John Williams the whole time. It's incredible. Yeah. Calling it a soundtrack it's, is a stretch. It's, that, it's really it's just the three one songs. song, especially in the second track. one. The, yeah. the track. <laughs> it's the Alan Quartermain song. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. So, what, so, is that one Alan Quartermain song? It's like that one song that you know, but it is like, different from it. But it's like it. It's a lot like it. But, I mean, it's similar. It's definitely similar, but it's not the same. Not and the same at all. we cleared it with our lawyers. We've cleared it. <laughs> our lawyers have paid the other lawyers a hefty sum. <laughs> Um, Apparently, Goldsmith has won an Academy Award. Oh, okay. Who hasn't won an Academy Award? Come I mean, on. yes, we, we have won an Academy <laughs> Award for this podcast. Yeah. Oddly enough, for Best Foreign Film. Yep, it's weird. I don't know how it worked. Uh, so, this movie is primarily about the adventures of Alan Quartermain, okay. a man who kind of uh, just doesn't really get introduced in the movie at all. Yeah, he just kind of shows up. I do need to take a brief moment. And apologize Every to Jerry just Goldsmith. Kind of shows Jerry Goldsmith. Because he did compose the opening theme of Star Trek Voyager. And oh, that's a man. good opening theme. Oh, no. So We're going to have those fucking Goldsmith fanboys all over yeah, us Yeah, we're, we're just going to get fucking clocked by Goldsmith. Uh, Goldsmith's fan base. The, the Goldsmith stands, I believe. Oh, God. <laughs> can you imagine being that person? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, uh, yeah, so aside from the fact that the, the intro to this movie is like, you're like, oh man, there's uh, an old man trying, huh? It's approximately 15 seconds long, the oh, intro. Oh yeah, no. I love this. It's like, we're we're in the jungle. My door. Now, now we're in the city. Well, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then it's on. Like, we don't know who these people are. It tries to be in media res. There's Nazis, there's... John Reese Davies as the e- most evil Turkish man in existence. And <laughs> they do not stop talking about the fact that he's Turkish. No, not at all. At any um, point. The Nazis are perhaps the most cartoonish Nazis I've seen in a movie. Well, I think because it's set in like World War One. It's Maybe it's, it's meant to be set in 1885, but No, like, it's it's post one, but it's like 
So pre-Nazi Germans. Pre-Nazi Germans, but Nazis had been, you know, or no, like, I'd say like probably in the 30s, maybe. Early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, They kind of play it fast and loose real hard with... seems to have been set in 1885. Yeah. So neither of those wars. No, but (laughs) there also weren't Nazi Germans in... As far as I can tell, it has almost nothing to do with the books. Um, no, it doesn't. Like, apparently, Cotermain is a um, physically small, wiry, and unattractive man that people, like, talk about it a lot, about how ugly he is. <laughs> they just won't shut up about it. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, Quartermain is hideous, but he keeps finding treasure. <laughs> I don't know. He's the ugliest man we've ever seen, but damn, the ugliest he can't treasure carry finder. a diamond. He can carry the shit out of this treasure. Incredible. Um, Incredible. Obviously, they, they've miscast Richard Handsome Man Chamberlain for this. Uh, this entire film is a miscast of some variety or another. Yes, but it's Except so Except for James great. Earl Jones. Well, no. James Earl Jones I mean, in the, in the sequel is heroic. He's excellent. Um, so the, the, the premise of the movie is uh, Lady has hired Quartermain to find her dad. Uh, her dad is a guy who knows how to conceivably he knows the location of King Solomon's mines, which have shitloads of diamonds. That's it. That's, that's the big takeaway. Yeah. That's the that's the big like. Here's the the story of the movie. We got to get to them mines to get them diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's y'all got oil, but for the it's, 1880s. It's only one dude though. It's not like it's like. The nation of America has invaded. It's it is like the nation Cord- of Germany. Well, no, Germany is there doing it too. But Germany does, you know, Germany doesn't care about oil. Germany's Germany. They've, they've established they don't care about oil. They're just that's fucking, science. They're too small. They don't even have anywhere to drive. Yeah, where would where no. would they go? No, France. <laughs> the autobahn. Do you mean exactly Fifth Avenue, Seattle? <laughs> I don't know, I've never uh, driven on Fifth Avenue, to my knowledge. I have no idea. Uh, so the movie opens up with uh, the girl's dad being interrogated by a Nazi and his and also John Reese Davies and uh, his assistant getting killed by a door trap that everyone in Africa has. <laughs> Everyone's Obviously. got the door trap. If you have no, if you have a fucking antique store full of fake mummies, you've got a door trap. Of course. Also, and also this you man, care more about the, the state of the door. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's super salty about the door. About the man who is now spiked to it. (laughs) My door! My door! Uh, That was funny. That That dude was was like, I was like, I wonder what these films are about. And then there's this balls to the wall opening sequence. I'm like, well, now I know. That's what they're about. They're insane. Um, So Quartermain shows up and uh, they show up in town. And like the jungle scene's pretty fucking short. And you're just like, oh, okay, jungle, Alan Quartermain, I know the deal here. They show up in town, and the town scene is like, it looks like Raiders. 100%. And it's like, maybe they found where they left that. <laughs> you know you know how after they filmed Star Wars, they left some of that shit in the desert? Yeah. It's like exactly it's- what they, like, they, a big chunk <laughs> of the budget was spent on finding where they left the set for the desert city scene. <laughs> And then putting it back together so they could film the film that scene there. Put John Reese Davies on top of that building. John, do you remember where that was filmed? 
the geography of the whole film kind of confounds me overall. Like it seems like there are cities just kind of randomly scattered and yes, people and can go faster than planes or trains just whenever it's convenient. Constantly. It's very game yeah, of Yeah, when you need to. Yeah. The movies, the TV um, show. No, it's, it's because they're magic. Yeah. Um, so Alan Quartermain is flanked by his African assistant, Umbobo, who is... That is actually perhaps, his name. Yeah, no, Umbobo. He is perhaps the wisest character in the movie. No, by a wide margin. Uh, in that he refuses to uh, be on any ride on anything that doesn't eat grass. And also, he's the secret king of the lost tribe in Africa. He, he's a very powerful man. He just doesn't let on. He's actually, he's pretty great. Like he's, uh, so when I was a child, he's, he's legit entertaining. Definitely. No, he's great. He's like, he's, he seems like he's tired of Quartermain's shit as like a character. <laughs> I liked his extremely short fight with the hammer man on the train. That was pretty good. The whole train scene was great. Uh, the train like, sequence is ridiculous. The, the fight underneath the train, which is something that I haven't actually seen before. I don't think. Oh, like there are train fights and maybe sometimes they like go under the train briefly, but like having a full on fight on the undercarriage of a train is yeah. kind of novel. A really brutal one too. Really a fucking brutal. super brutal fight in the middle of this PG-13 ass movie. <laughs> Additionally, but, they like they, they have that whole fight and everything. And it's like, this is after we've spent an hour, like half an hour chasing around. Definitely not the city in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Just like, all over fucking, the place. Fucking setting off dynamite and mobbing a truck through crowds of people and firing Alan guns Quartermain's wildly. secret weapon being dynamite at all times is fantastic. And I, I will. He's like, like well, I, I have a problem. I can either shoot it or dynamite it. He's also ice cold because he <laughs> he dynamites that guy's shop. Yeah. And then his dying words of I got it, he turns into a fucking catchphrase as he proceeds to ice other people with dynamite. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. PG thirteen. I love it. So like the, the train scene, so like they get from the city to the train, and the, the train sequence starts off with like Umbobo fighting a dude on a, on the train and hand handling that quickly. And then quarter, there's a part where Quartermain gets into a, a car full of Nazis <laughs> and then, and then his, leads them in a sing-along of Camp Town races. Just incredible. Just fucking... They also filmed like, Nazis all of it are, on an actual train, which is kind oh, of wild. Yeah. That was... I You know, it's one of those things where you're like... I feel like the amount of... Uh, caring about the safety of the actors was fairly low for this movie. Turns out the film credit in Zimbabwe will get you just like 5,000 extras, a railroad, and a city. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And this mine. This weird mine. <laughs> <laughs> and an entire mine. The traps were just in there. They just decided, hey, these are pretty good. Let's write them into the script. I mean, everybody in Africa has spikes in their stores, so of uh, course yeah. the mines have spikes. That's, yeah, it's extremely sensible. That's how Africa works. The, the whole continent covered in fucking spikes. We yeah, know about it. That's why fine. it's so hard for invaders to colonize, and they it's never do it. <laughs> They've never done it. Spikes yeah. never, never occurred. managed to get past all the traps. Oh, God. <laughs> so the, the train scene culminates with uh, a... a a uh, a pansexual Nazi mm-hmm. threatening oh, yeah. to rape the, the, two the... people for a while. He's like, I'm not picky. And I'm just like, wow. 
And then Quartermain shoots him with a shotgun from the floorboards. In the dick. That was great. The broken whips are a very good gag, too. Yeah. Um, Also, German whips are apparently very low quality, which surprised me. I mean, these Germans. You'd th- you'd think, I would say, they're, like, they're the Germans have learned some things. That's this fair. is Germany we're talking about. Yeah, for God's sake, just piss everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they, they get the girl's dad. The train, the train stops. Or they, they cut the cars. And then that's when Quartermain goes, does the I got it thing, which is great. Well, he did, it, he, just, he, did, he did it in the car, too. Like, oh, hucked it at people in the car. Like, he did it at two or three times. Yeah. Just fucking hucking dynamite at people. He's a fucking champ. Just hucking dynamite at motherfuckers. Just constantly. Um, and, like, not to mention the, in the second movie, his gun is, like, his primary solution mechanism for, like, things in he the shot environment. so many rocks. Just shooting stuff for, like, he's like, well, if I shoot it, maybe it'll do something. And you're like, I don't know why it would. And then it does. And you're like, fuck. Video games. Honestly, it's like video it, games. it does kind of feel like he's <laughs> uh, Alan Quartermain is an inexperienced person playing a Indiana Jones <laughs> point and click for the first time. It's like so that. He's like, oh, use gun on it. Ah, use, dynamite. Gun. use dynamite. Use dynamite. Use dynamite. Use dynamite on the train. Use dynamite on this train also. Like going through the inventory on the drag Turkish and drop, man. drag and drop, drag and drop. <laughs> you can't use this item right now. Oh, fuck. But you can always use dynamite. It'll just let you use dynamite. It's very just poorly coded. Just drag dynamite onto the Turk. <laughs> <laughs> also, John Reese davies character, almost literally unkillable. Just like unstoppable. That's, that's the bit. Everyone thinks he's dead constantly, and he keeps just showing back up. I bet that when he got eaten by the mine monster, <laughs> he actually made friends with it, and now he the lives mine in the hippo. mine with his yeah. mine dragon. In the in the volcano with the mine hippo, yeah. After it ate the after it ate the German, because of course yeah. it ate the German. The, yeah. the German who's Nobody like wants to hang out with Germans. The German who insists on bringing a fucking Victrola around, playing Wagner <laughs> everywhere he goes. <laughs> the whole time, John Reese Davies' character just bitching about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... I'd be bitching too if I had to listen to fucking Wagner all the time. And it's just that Only one, one song. song yeah. <laughs> Just He's like, oh, the Valkyries. I love, I love all the work of Wagner, and he only has that single. <laughs> Just play the Valkyries again and again and again. Yeah, name three albums. <laughs> Cue it up. <laughs> Cue up my marching song. <laughs> oh, sure. You say you love Wagner. Well, name three shows you've seen of him live. <laughs> oh, God. It is hilarious. Uh, so they, like, the first, I think after, so they get... Off the train. The, Is it the da- made clear where, where the dad goes? What happens to the dad? No, I the feel dad like they just, just kind of bailed. They on just him. wrote. They wrote that that story gone. It's done. But like they like, say something later where it's clear that he's still alive. So something yeah, happened. No, he he doesn't die. I think but he like, just lives really in the train. Need, yeah, he's forever. the new train guy. Yeah, um, just do some ADR. Like he's fine. He's good. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, so they, they definitely, like, bail on that story, that plot thread, like, like that. You're just like, oof, okay. Because um, as soon as, like, as soon as he's like, no, you must leave me. Go stop them before the Nazis get to the mines, the Germans. And you're just like, okay. And uh, then they forget about him. Until the very end of the movie where they're like, oh, I brought him a diamond. And you're like, he stole a diamond. <laughs> just stealing several diamonds all the time. 
Only two. Yeah, they, um, they get away with two. That's that's that two classic uh, adventure movie <laughs> Just like, oh, we didn't, and nobody will believe us because it never happened, except for this one thing. <laughs> um, but we're skipping so, past the uh, giant oh, no. pot of water in the middle of a clearing. No, scene. you've no, already no. skipped past the fucking plane. Oh yeah, past the plane. Jesus oh, the plane, Christ! That's right. Fuck. Too much happens in this movie. You can't even keep it's track true. of it. It's true. Uh, the plane scene is a lot of Alan Quartermain and uh, or, um, it's a lot of Chamberlain and Sharon Stone uh, flying around in a biplane haranguing Germans. <laughs> additionally, like the, the, the whole scene where they're getting the plane and it's like oh, Sharon Stone like, boy, I sure wish I was a like my dad always wanted a boy. And if I had been, I would have known how to fly this. Like do guys just know how to fly airplanes. Does, is that the implication here? Both of you, you know not? how, right? Come on. I've flown like <laughs> 10 airplanes. I don't know how, so I think that we have proved this pattern yeah. right now. Science. Uh, I mean, Done. okay, if you take the standard of flying an airplane to mean successfully piloting a jet in the Battlefield series, then absolutely not. I am a goddamn liability in those things. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the whole airplane scene, <laughs> the, the part where she pulls out the bombs. She's like, what are Stop, these? That's great. <laughs> Just what drop them. Those? <laughs> Just dropping munitions on people. This um, is as they're marching poorly through the desert of Wagner, the the Germans and their. It was so good. And, and, uh, I will say John the scene Davies with John Davies with a machine gun is a pretty great scene. Was that a machine gun? It was I mean, meant to be. So it I'm was pretty certainly be. some sort of gun. I'm pretty sure what they did was they put a uh, like a shell over a yeah. smaller gun. Because it had a magazine for like a like a much smaller weapon, and then it had they the round did. thing. But it had the big round thing yeah. around the barrel and the big round thing on top that was like a, meant to be the magazine. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was like a, I don't know a bar. Two, and, you know, somebody who knows guns, guns can correct. I only partially know guns because of Alaska and video games. Um, but yeah, like like they took a bar and then they're like, and we got these World War One gun parts, so we're just gonna put them on top and around it to make yeah. it look like a World War One gun. Got him, and John Reese Davies yeah, can John, one John arm it. Davies just fires it wildly, <laughs> which is great. It's hilarious. You're just like, what I think is it? Like a lot of coke for this movie, but I kind of respect it. I mean, I think everyone in this movie. It was the '80s. I think everyone was on a shitload of coke, maybe except for the German actors. Um, <laughs> German actors just trying really hard. All these Americans—they are so high. <laughs> Uh, so no, yeah. So obviously the the airplane, the airport scene happens. The airplane scene happens. The uh, the first encounter with the, the first tribe they encounter in Africa. Uh, after Umbobo has kept up with the train on foot, uh, they're kept up on foot in several instances when he shouldn't well, be able Umbobo to. And the cannibal leader of that tribe, who we yeah, originally right. met in the first city. He's yeah, extremely kinda... fast. He like, really oh, wanted he to eat that lady more than anything. He did. And he's like, I know they're going to go through here because all these white folks are coming for the fucking mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, of so course, they, that's where they set up their bonfire. They set up the, the bonfire with the enormous cook pot. That had, like, peppers in it? Uh, yeah. And, like, tomatoes? Peppers. I didn't see yep. a single place where they could have gotten those anywhere. No. no. Also, very clearly plastic vegetables. Uh, it's called the five, Kroger. Like, let's not overshadow the main thing here. 
500 gallons of water that heat up very quickly. Mm -hmm. Just super quick. (laughs) It's been 30 seconds, Sharon Stone. It's not getting warm. (laughs) Uh, Sharon Stone's super whiny voice through the whole movie is pretty funny. Like her her job. She's a pulp leader, uh, a pulp heroine. Yeah, I think that's legally required. Yeah, in the in the first film, her main duty is to like move the action of the plot forward by asking questions that the audience has. Like that is her main job. (laughs) Where are we going? Well, that's really helpful because nobody has fucking explained where they're going. (laughs) No one has any idea. Um, they find the titty mountains. Uh, so no, so the, the, the titty mountains. The titty mountains are great. Uh, no, so they they get uh, waylaid by the cannibals, and then Sharon Stone is immediately like, "Oh, they must want to make me their queen." And he's like, "Yeah, they're having us for dinner." And, and then she's like, "How nice of them." And he's like, "No, no, not like that." <laughs> but then, but then they they find the upside down people, which is the only. Moment of calm. Well, no, there's no. You're forgetting the first lion in the movie for no reason. Oh right, yeah. After they make the pot fall off and roll yeah. away, roll down and the hill. Definitely not kill Conf- them or at least severely concuss them. Uh, then they have a fuck session while being watched by a lion Goals. in a in a giant pot of fucking cannibal. Soup a giant water. clay pot with still several gallons of water and some plastic vegetables in it. Yeah, which turned I mean, really. out to be a good plan because the lions got scared away by the explosions, which were inevitable. That's right. That's true. Because explosion is the only sound effect that they yeah, put. Yeah, and for. like while you're waiting in a giant pot watched by a lion, what else are you gonna do? Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I, I guess. Fuck it. <laughs> also, they're both severely concussed at the time, so there's well, yeah. like that lion may have been a hallucination. <laughs> Yeah, they're just, it's actually just a rock out front, like, oh no, a lion, well, we the lion, the king of the jungle approves, let's bang. <laughs> I like how, it, like, the lion started breathing heavier, and, like, <laughs> as they cut to him, um, it's really uh, weird. It's super like, crazy. And I think that's the point erotic. at which the movie starts getting, like, increasingly horny. Because uh, that's when the upside down people, which like is yep. way too weird to have a bunch of like topless little boys up hanging around upside down for approximately three hours, um, just hanging out. That shot was not out. like a simple thing to get. <laughs> and then the uh, the quicksand, the peat quicksand thing starts happening, and it just oh starts getting weirder. Force fed diamonds, like this yeah. is hardcore shit. Yeah, there's some there's some very specific fetishes that are being catered to, some which Tipsy of course picked out immediately. Yeah, the, the, like the quicksand. Starting with the upside Germans down people. In quicksand. So <laughs> yeah, the whole Germans in quicksand deal, which, uh, there's a pro- there, there probably there. was <laughs> there was a Tumblr dedicated to that this week, I'm sure. So they they encounter the half naked upside down tribe, who Quartermain quickly explains as people who are unsatisfied with the world. <laughs> So they refuse to look at it right side up in hopes that it will change. And I'm just like, weird. This is who thought this up? I immediately adopted that life philosophy. I am upside down right, right now. Just right now. This is terrible. I'm going to be upside down until the for, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> just yeah. That's that's just how it is now, is I live upside down. 
<laughs> what the else like the other thing about this entire movie is like they never explain why John Reese Davies' character has like a complete unrelenting hatred of Quartermain. Yeah, they um, do not linger on that at all. But like anytime he he's talking like, he's Quartermain, and you're like, yeah, but <laughs> I guess, that's man. A, that, sure, we'll do that. Like, okay, you want to murder him? Okay, fucking sweet. <laughs> cool. I guess well, it's on. I this sure fuck. Dial it back, Gimli. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah. the the the, the German Gimli, Turkish Gimli. Uh, the Boy. Germans show up to this this nice place full of very peaceful upside down people and immediately start start trying to shoot them, which bites them in the ass immediately, which is great. <laughs> I mean, their their main style of fighting in that village appears to be bungeeing down on people and just grabbing them for no reason. Uh, and then dropping I don't know them, how not that, unlike eagles. I guess dropping them into water. Yeah, I think they just waited quicksand. for the Germans to shoot their own. They, uh, that was the initial. Well, they this were aiming the at the, the other people. They were like, shoot them. And they're like, oh, we shot our own people repeatedly. <laughs> the Germans are hyper incompetent in this movie. The Germans killed each other constantly. Ceaselessly. Like, they, they are actually the main source of German casualties is other Germans. Like, we'll, we'll I'm sure, itemize uh, how this is better and worse than Indiana Jones. But I will say, <laughs> the Nazis in Indiana Jones managed to be mildly scary before they Menacing. turned out to be total, you know, just dumb shits. And just yes. totally fucked themselves over. These ones uh, are just total dumb shits. These the ones are just time. total dumb Like, fucking... Curly mustache McWagner listener literally, literally who's just running around whipping mustache. people for no reason. Yep. Well, they're like the backup villains, so they don't actually yeah. need to be scary. That's true. Jonathan Rhys Davies is kind of scary with just how intense he is. He's the real villain, and he's also much more fun to watch on screen. Like, it's the Germans are funny because they're just fucking idiots. <laughs> John Reese davies is great because he's a complete psychopath. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'll be real. If I walked into a, a place, any type of place, and then heard Jonathan Rhys davies yell, Quartermain, at me, I would just piss myself. Like, I'd be like, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. If you ever meet John Reese davies I don't know why he knows like... me. Like, what if that was not even the main character's real name? Can you imagine being John Reese davies and having years of great movies under your belt, and then someone's like, I loved you in King Solomon's Minds, bro? I feel like Jonathan Rhys davies like, just loves being in movies. He and I does. guess getting paid for movies, but, like, he was in fucking Sliders. Like, he was in Sliders Syndicated for a long ass sci-fi TV series, and he's like, he's still just fucking, like, 110% just yep. acting real yep. hard the whole time. He's a uh, he's a Nick Cage style actor. You know what I'm saying? He super is. He super is. And he that just is likes to. Compliment. He likes being in movies. Like, no, absolutely. Like when we say that, we mean this dude likes acting, and it just happens to be he can get paid for it. I think. Um. Anyway, so we get to the next point after the the tree people <laughs> have have menaced the Nazis into oblivion, and which is uh, Mount Titty, right? Mount Titty, uh, John Reese Davies' character's solution to the Nazis being stuck in quicksand is to shoot all of them and walk on their corpses. That was beautiful. That was super metal. It's pretty amped up. They uh, save, uh, like, they save huh. Colonel Clink and then proceed to just murder a bunch of people. Like they let the Victrola they, man sink. They, they save Clink and his Victrola. Was destroying <laughs> Wagner. 
Like if that uh, hadn't been playing the whole time, he would have been like, "Ah, eh, I'll let him live. We'll find another way across this pit." <laughs> well, I think there's a, it's it's vaguely like he because he keeps talking about it, like throughout the whole like to the end of the movie, like it's referenced at least one more time. I mean, if um, I was being forced to listen to Wagner, like Flight of the Valkyries on loop, then I might kill any day. Germans that happen to be in my company at that time. Just in the region. <laughs> Uh, so we get to the Kraus. Yeah, leaving a gun around. <laughs> so we get to the last uh, tribe of Africans uh, who are crazy as shit. They're and like the uh, crocodile they, worshippers. Yeah, their immediate solution to meeting Quartermain and uh, Sharon Stone there are to throw Quartermain in the crocodile pit. Yeah, because they have an open pit full of crocodiles. Yep. They are uh, they are the mind guardians, but they couldn't they couldn't think of something like other than that in cannibalism in terms of scary things, and they had to have at least three random encounters with tribes. Yeah, at least two like, had to be scary. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, how would you even know you're in Africa if you're not encountering random tribes of people who want to kill you? Mm-hmm. They're they extremely wouldn't. sensible. God, science. Um, in, that, in that vein, like. Uh, just flashing back to the opening scene, like we couldn't sufficiently illustrate that Jonathan Rhys Davies is a villain. So it's like, oh, and, and we'll have like just a slavery scene. We're yeah. just gonna just gonna put that in there just to John make it Reece clear. Davies loves slaves, <laughs> and you're like, no, we knew he was crazy as shit, and he keeps saying the lead character's last name and shaking his fist. We know he's the bad guy. Yeah, we, we <laughs> don't need to go there, but okay, okay, sure. Also, sure. he's like slavery. And you're like, I guess. Shit. I guess they also used it to illustrate that Quartermain is the hero because then he lets them all loose. But he yeah. might have just needed a diversion, so it's not that heroic, really. Also, he like it was in the middle of he, a town that probably the economy hinges on slavery. So like, <laughs> oh. I don't think they got so that's far. economic violence, is what. He, <laughs> oh God. Uh, so what was it? The um, he does make a joke about them being expensive. Like, immediately. Yeah, I think that was actually when that joke happened that I was like, Jake grew up watching this. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly like, I'm not claiming Jake is pro-slavery. He definitely isn't. But that is 100% the type of joke that Jake would make. I'd be incapable of not. Like, there'd be no way I couldn't do it. (laughs) You can always haggle him down. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I like it is a thing like I don't know if it's like movies like this, you know, through my childhood or just the fact that my brain is like, I've got an awful joke on deck and I'm like, oh, no, it's out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, what would be funny is if somebody said that I said it, I just said it. Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Jokes are fundamentally a waste product. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Humanity. They're the exhaust gases the brain produces. It's 100 <laughs> percent. Um, anyway, anyway, back to the titty mountains. Anyway, yeah, and titty King mountains. Solomon's yeah, the temple. fucking King Solomon's temple and the the giant titty mountains. Because that's what? what these are. They're giant. They the map to these mountains is a naked lady. They're like the belly is the plains and the breasts are the two mountains. And you're just like, yeah, it's the tits. I get it. The tits are the mountains. Got them. Very very fixated on that. Got it. Um, additionally. They go into this temple that's full of uh, wealth and traps, mostly traps, and also and a volcano. some crystalline-contained hose. 
I forgot about that one. Yeah, who's a clone really of Sharon Stone? Goes nowhere. That's they just no. Have like a she's secretly of... the queen, and you're like, are you? <laughs> I don't know. My reaction is like, she looks just like you, and there's like this woman with dark curly hair, like and like really? behind several layers of foggy glass. Sure. I mean, she She's does pale. seem to be woman shaped. They, they are both woman shaped and white, mm-hmm. and that those are the two qualifiers right there. Mm-hmm. Secret queen of this tribe of Africans, except we learned that Alan Quartermain's assistant and Bobo is actually the secret living king. He he's been the king the whole time. He's got like, like no nobody's seen him without his shirt off, and it's because he's got the fucking glyph Giant of the king glyph <laughs> birthmark. What it's super great because you're just like they're like I feel like when they were writing it's like be badasses if he was like secretly like a prince of like an African tribe and they made it and they were like this is tight and you're like it's not this is actually incredibly stupid <laughs> this and is I just love it real dumb. Um, but he used maybe, maybe that it was just in the a, guy's contract that he had to peel his shirt off, just like it was I mean, in Riss Davies' contract that he would tell them where the set from Raiders of the Lost Ark was and in return <laughs> they had to put him in the movie. That's right. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. <laughs> uh, so the <laughs> the uh, Quartermain and, and Stone evade uh, crocodile capture via Mbobo showing up and being like, I'm the king. And they're like, it's great. He's the king. I mean, that and didn't he, help much. Well, he deposes the crazy queen immediately. Like, she the tribe doesn't even going. give a shit. No, no, I mean, she's still being crazy. <laughs> yeah, she but, like, the entire to, uh, tribe just murder. switches allegiance. They're just like, oh, yeah. oh, it's him. Hell yeah, fuck her. Yeah, he's got that fucking crocodile on the stomach. I knew the king had that. This lady's this lady's been fucking nuts for years. Hell yeah, new she king. Moved us, she moved us over to an entire, entirely feeding random white people the crocodiles-based economy. And let me tell you, uh, actually, work's been pretty steady. But nevertheless... <laughs> Since these Germans arrived, work's been great. <laughs> just, just like, plenty, there's plenty of people to feed to them. It actually works out really well. Our fiat yeah, currency is based on the number of white people we feed we're going to run out of Germans. Our $1 bill is based on the, the worth of one person being fed to crocodiles. It's, it's all based around it's that. It's called I have a sound cryptocurrency money. based on that concept. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, it's it's actually based around their death certificates. Like the number of death certificates that say oh, cause of death God. crocodile mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's from which the value is derived and transferred. Yeah, on yeah. the blockchain. Yeah, on the blockchain. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Please, please back croco coin. <laughs> the entire so like they they get out of that situation that jam. and they get they chase the queen into the temple and the Nazis uh, the the. The last Nazi, I think, is just the the Colonel and John Rhys Davies character is there as well, and uh, they do exactly the Spike Room from Indiana Jones. They do the Spike Room from Indiana Jones. Uh, the Colonel immediately betrays John Rhys Davies character by sh- he shoots him and he's like, "You take orders from me now," and you're like, "Oh, Germans!" And then John Rhys Davies shows back up later to menace him immediately. Well, and to make him to force feed him diamonds, as Tipsy Which noted. Which is incredible. Yeah, which is pretty metal. Also, so, it's weird, like, how few pockets all these people have. They have, like, one pocket the, for diamonds. No, the, the German had, like, eight pockets. And he, he just one put pocket. pockets. No, he just put diamonds in one. The rest were busy. 
I mean, he had eight pockets if you include his stomach, I guess. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> German laxatives are the finest. Like that was also like real weird. You're like, I don't, I don't know if that line was necessary. <laughs> that seems okay. Thank sure. You, I count my blessings. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, fucking Jean-Rus Davies force feeding diamonds to the German guy, and the German finally killing him. And meanwhile, Quartermain. And Lady, I'm just going to call her Lady, I guess. Sharon Stone. Uh, Sharon Stone, yeah. Stuck in the Jesse like Houston. spike trap that also then, like, they couldn't figure out how to keep it menacing with the treasure chests in there. So they flooded yeah. it with water. Also, they're drowning. And you're like, oh, Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, the, the end of this movie just spirals into, like, three fight scenes where, like, Mbobo has to fight the queen and throws her into a volcano. The queen is, like, springing traps on everybody the whole time. Oh yeah, there's a, there's like another set of spike traps. There's a tarantula out of nowhere, a giant and tarantula. Just moments for that one like extra yeah. that they brought in with them. And nothing like, else. Oh yeah, go this way, tarantula. Like slow it could moving. have been filmed for another movie, and they just suck it in because they were like, one more scary thing in the mine. We yeah, found a spider a on set. <laughs> it's so weird. That's actually That's the full size tarantula. Like that was just. Some footage of a tarantula they got. That was just an African spider they found. <laughs> just I was turned into I was turned into a trap. Here, stand it in killed. these webs and get all wrapped up. <laughs> it killed two of our grips. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> At least we got it on camera. Hooray! <laughs> uh, oh boy. And yeah, so like uh, the Nazi the ADR over oh, the German guy ordering did. coffee from the they grip. And then turn the footage of the grip getting eaten into a death scene. <laughs> so, oh boy, the, the the German meets his end when he comes to a. Uh, they come to a a bunch of stones in like a pool of water, and Which, there's one okay, stone that trap covered in blood. On somebody else. Yeah, and he's he, and they did it anyway, but they added yeah. a dragon. Uh, yeah, that's how it works. Us. It's Africa. That dragon is going <laughs> to... Where is he going to go? Land well, of I, big... I mean, I thought he was a hippo. I always thought he was like a hippo. Maybe. Like a mine hippo. That makes more sense, but... Pretty sure it's a dragon. Also, um, you know it's some sort of supernatural beast because there's the grub form of it in the second movie. Yeah, exactly. There is the, the grub form. That's right. That's hippo right. Grubs. Holy shit, that's gross. Um... So yeah, the German's like, yeah, put the diamonds there, I'm an idiot, and he just immediately blunders into this incredibly obvious, there's like, there's like a whole room full of these rocks they have to jump across, and only one of them has a giant blood stain. Yeah, one is in the middle, a different shape, with a bright red mark on it. Covered in blood. Yeah. And they're like, that's the one you don't want to step on, and, and like, Mbobo has to tell them this. And then everyone else who steps on it just like, ha ha, the red one. What a convenient location for a step. <laughs> and you just, Christ. And then the after that, fucking <laughs> Degati shows up again. John Reese davies after being killed like three times. And then Quartermain has to kill him. Well, he falls into the magma pit. That's and, right. Um, obviously, everyone that falls into the magma pit explodes because everyone is carrying multiple pieces of dynamite on them at all times. It's just like that's how, how all this the cars universe in this works. Explode. Yeah, just they, in case. Dude, that's where you keep your dynamite when you're not keeping it in your coat. Cars. 
extremely also train cars. Uh, anyway, there's they, a lot of dynamite in this movie. Um, Bobo tries to get them to leave the diamonds because they belong to the mountain, but then they well, of course, he literally steal says the diamonds belong to the mountain. Weird, because like he led them there and assisted yeah, them in the entire process. He wanted to show them. Yeah, it's he like wanted to show tourism. them. Yeah, they're like this is like a discovery. You you were the last ones to see it, and you're like, I don't understand this at all. But okay, tell your friends. But, but, tell your friends. but don't, don't tell them to come here because it's not a thing anymore. <laughs> the mine has collapsed into the volcano we had. What? <laughs> I, I think he, I think he threw out there that it was like, was it the first or the second? I guess it was the first one that was like an, an experience, like a tourism experience mm-hmm. that they were actually on. They thought they were explorers. Yeah, but that's why everything was so <laughs> weird. Like, that's why they were in a pot that like they could easily knock over and like nobody seeing it knock over, falling over, like cared while they were doing it. They were busy. That's why there was a dragon. In- they, they were in it's a extremely, cannibal like, this, is, this is just Disneyland Zimbabwe. Yeah, and they thought they were Disneyland having an adventure. But the fact of the matter is, they were on a uh, luxury resort experience. <laughs> Nobody a lot of dynamite them. and a lot of guns. <laughs> and John Reese davies <laughs> So, this movie ends with, like, Alan Quartermain and Jesse Houston being in love for some reason. There's no reason for this at all. Well, when you go through stressful experiences with someone, you release a lot of endorphins and to form a strong Ah. bond with them. There's actually science going on here. There's a little science there? A little science. Just a little. Just a little bit of science. Yeah. Um, And I mean, like, if you're going to, if you've made out with a girl in a cannibal pot, like, you should wipe her up. It's polite. Mm, I don't know about that. It seems like you're moving a little fast. Um... I mean, cannibal pot to wife in like the space of a movie. Um, anyway, well, you get so the diamonds end of the, first, of course. You do, you do get the African diamonds first, mm-hmm. and you and she make you you only wife her up if she makes sure to get you one as well. That's the rules. Yeah, yeah that makes that sense. way you can afford the down payment on a house and a staff mm-hmm. of fifteen to run it. <laughs> That's right. So let's let's get into the second film. <laughs> the second film, Alan Quartermain and the staff of fifteen. Um, this is a, like, once again, these are based on old Quartermain stories, and they are just totally insane. Like, I don't think they were ever meant to be read sequentially, but they try real hard. They, they did do their best here, and it is a continuation. Yeah, it was unclear yeah. to me at first, because the guy running through the woods looks close enough to Quartermain that I was like, oh, so they got another guy or something. But no, it was a different guy in the same outfit doing the same stuff Quartermain does. Yeah, that running away weird. from it. Africans. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Running so in the jungle. Quartermain and the wife have settled down in Africa, and they're 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 going to get married. And the wife wants to get married in America. And uh, before this can happen, uh, she does make him wear a suit, which all the the African children who live on the property as well laugh at, or who just who happen to be on the property, I guess. They've laugh never at him seen for. plaid before. They're like, what the fuck is this? I mean, to be fair, here's the deal. If someone was like, oh, would you like to wear this this jaunty brown and green plaid suit? No, I wouldn't. Um, It is atrocious, but it's pretty funny. And uh, a a dude is running away. It's cut between like Quartermain and Houston having non-stressful moments and a dude being chased by assassins in the jungle. And, uh... He gets to Quartermain and he tells him, he's like, oh, your brother, Lost City, gold, blah. And then he gets iced that night. Instantaneously. 
Like he's like he's sleeping, and then the the assassins sneak in and kill him. <laughs> yeah, the uh, tube top KKK assassins. The tube top KKK. It's pretty rough, and that's a kind of a good visual descriptor. I mean, they are um, just straight up wearing a white cloth hood mm-hmm. and weird tube toppy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the tube tops. The tube tops are secondary. Yeah, are they? They're part of the uniform. Mm, they're part of the uniform, for God's sake. I mean, uh, imagine wearing a full robe in Africa. Mm. Well, I mean, a bunch of a bunch of people in this movie do. A fella. <laughs> I mean, touche. <laughs> so yeah, we get to this, uh, this this loosely fucking thought out plot line where Quartermain's like, "My brother might be in a lost city in Africa," and you're like, "Yeah." And he's like, also, my wife wants to get married. I'm going to go to the lost city in Africa. <laughs> Just immediately runs away. Uh, the, the wife is like, the, there's like, the beginning is like Quartermain meets back up with James Earl Jones, his apparent old friend. Who's great. I mean, he's rad in this movie. So, so axes are just cool. He is the only African in the world who uses an, a, a great axe as a weapon. It's pretty good. Okay, they claim mm-hmm. they claim that this is an action comedy or adventure comedy film. I mean, it, I think is charitable. It's not not those things. Um, yeah. Additionally, so the first one cost eleven to twelve million dollars to make, made fifteen million at the box <laughs> office. Uh, okay, there is no budget number that I can find for Velocity of Gold. Mm-hmm. But it only made three and a half million. Oh, jeez. Oh, man, buddy, buddy. It had a lot buddy. of buildings and gold things going on, too. It had a whole lot of gold paint that had been solidified, yes. It's expensive. Yeah. Supposedly they were filmed at the same time. However, oh, uh, filmed concurrently. There, God, that's wild. This one wild. basically has no fucking soundtrack. No, it's, it's the Alan Quartermain theme song and then the violin over song. Over and over. Oh, no, it's. It's constant, dude. It's just anytime they need a music sting, it's, it's like Quartermain. It's the Quartermain song. Hey, it's um, that one guy. Uh, Tipsy pointed out actually, and I'm shocked we didn't get to it at this point. Uh, this is like this. Actually, you know what? I'm even going to expand it a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. This duology is actually just. William T. Riker on the holodeck. Oh, 100%. And that's it. That's the whole thing. Like, like it's him on the holodeck. This no, is no, a, like, a, a, that a is series that he likes. Definitely a thought I have had as well. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that as like a, as a summation of these movies. Because it definitely seems like a thing that Riker would be involved in. Like, you know I mean, how whenever he, they find... He looks like, and so, sounds like Riker, too. Like... Mm-hmm. He does. He has sly smiles like Riker. Sly smiles like Riker. He's like not as roguish as uh, Indiana Jones, but just just kind of, you know, just a little too confident. A little sassy. But he didn't earn that confidence. He's definitely going to step over a chair and sit on it backwards to talk to you. Guaranteed. Like, that's the only way he sits on chairs. He would have done that. Constantly, the whole time. Once they invent the chair, the only, he'll be doing that. The only that. like sitting, the only bench in this movie, he blows up with dynamite. That is true. 
They're like they, this this they find this lost city of gold and they have like two benches and Quartermain blows one up. The lost city of gold as like a dominance just has display. Tons of people living there and tons of people showing up randomly. Only just, white and black people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, these but are the lost some... white race. <laughs> of course. Duh. Oh my god. And There's also some, Alan we, Quartermain's brother. Can we engage with the fact that this like it has the same number of sequential action sequences. It does try to pace them a little better, but it plays the soundtrack the whole fucking time. It really does. And so uh, it was exhausting. Like the first one was exhausting due to its pacing. Just like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is fucking full tilt. It has not stopped. And this one's like, man, this is a down tempo moment, but they're still playing that one fucking. <laughs> Here's that quarter main song. Play that same song. <laughs> All right, same song again, says the Hungarian orchestra or whatever it was that performed it. Uh, James Earl Jones' character is named Unslapagus. James, like, James Earl Jones' character as, fucking whips ass. Dude, he's great. He's fantastic. The character names in this, I'm going to paste that in the chat just so you can, I'm not like making that up. That's what it looks like. I'm sure the rest of the damn woods discord is going to be like, what? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so they, to get back to like general critique of this movie is like, it's paced super weird. And the soundtrack is two entire songs. It's fucking super repetitive. Also. Um, So the first one, I, I find it kind of weird that they were filmed sequentially other than I guess concurrently, concurrently, Words. Who who knows words? I've never um, used those in my life. They, they were filmed concurrently in theory. Yeah. But I guess there's a lot more supernatural effects in the second one. Uh, he has an axe that shoots lightning. And they suck Wait, what did I, did shit I miss as a that? result. Yeah, you were kind of sleeping. I missed that. the lightning axe. Well, he was, he was hitting the giant gold head with oh, the lightning cool. axe and melting the gold. Man. Yeah. We're skipping ahead in the plot, but I don't know that it matters. (laughs) I mean, quote-unquote plot. Um, (laughs) Big, big quote-unquote. Quartermain is, like, exceedingly happy to basically tell his wife to go fuck off for a while while he goes on an adventure. And uh, he's just, like, setting up his adventure crew. He's like, ah, James Earl Jones, my old friend. Let's hang out and axe some dudes. Like, here's here's the secret. The guy who ran onto their their lot uh, completely, (laughs) like poisoned and heat exhausted and everything was like your your brother uh did not know who he was talking to quarterman doesn't have a brother no he was like so i can bail on this wedding in america (laughs) sorry honey my brother's in trouble 100 like and like he luckily found the the right dude in the city who would just play along he's like oh my brother and he's like that guy's a hero Oh, hell yeah, that's like, that's like, that's an actual, that's a bro for life at that point. It's not his brother, but it sure is his brother. That's right, that's right. Um, Of course, your brother, let's go. Yes, greetings, brother. Brandishing his giant axe. (laughs) How how are our parents, who are definitely not in this city of gold? (gasps) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, Yeah, so they, they, they get information from a shady uh like fucking a salesman who 
to demonstrate how effective his Under Armour is, he stabs Mithril. himself. Mithril, his Mithril, his African Mithril armor. I feel like that guy just bought a bunch of club shirts and was like, how am I going to move these here? And so proceeded to also buy a supply of rubber knives just to do that knives. bit with. Ha! <laughs> Look, it bent right off. You should buy this. Uh, so naturally, the he goes to a fake holy man because the fake holy man might have information and Quartermain's on the way. And uh, so scam artist holy man is probably one of the funnier characters in this movie just because he's like 200% craven, I think is the best way to put it. It's incredible like he, how long they put up with him. Like, like past the point they where put he up with him through the whole he movie. made the whole floor split open and refused to touch the thing directly next to him to make the floor yeah. unopen. Yeah, and they're fucking, just like, yeah, sure, we'll keep traveling with this guy. He seems fine. He's not a risk. Mm-mm. Um, like, <laughs> uh, just, like, looking at the, the notes, like, the reactions to... Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. Because the first one I can see, like, it's bad, but it's kind of charming. And there's entertaining moments in it. And this one is just, it's just actually bad. Like, Yeah, this is definitely the weaker of the two movies. It is god-awful. And among among the other comments, and there's some fucking wild comments on here. Uh, there's um, an eight-star review. Wow, that's bold. Uh like, I love these movies, but that is dumb. <laughs> Those who take Spielberg effect, special effects for granted are sure to learn a lot by watching these same tricks done badly. Um, most of the battle scenes were ineptly staged. Um, Chamberlain exudes the dashing spirit of a game show host. The rest of the cast is good largely oh for unintentional laughs. Uh, and I think my favorite is uh, it claims that the film reached his... Levels of racism unachieved since the 1930s. Which is impressive because the first one had the first a one scene is with very like racist. Slurs. Very racist, yes. Just, and this, oh this my one, god, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah just forgot about that. Just this no big deal. All into the shop fight, but like, yeah. wow, she like, really went hard. How oh my many, god. How many slurs can we find? Go, 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 go. We can, we, that's how they invaded the censors. It was all one scene. Um, <laughs> and, and the sensor happened to be looking away at that yeah, time. He's just like, um, oh shit, dynamite. <laughs> but yeah, they got this they got this minor American character actor to be in brown face and just be the most unlikable person in the film. Like they oh really did. Wow. He's yeah, Robert Donner. Robert Donner at it again. Um He actually reminds me of a character from a Disney movie from the nineties. Oh, I mean that sounds about right. Um he was it's, in, um, uh, Jesus, he was Boss Shorty and Cool Hand Luke. That's, <laughs> all right. Jesus. Okay, okay, so for people who've seen Cool Hand Luke, which apparently yeah. isn't Jake. No, I've seen Cool Hand Luke. Mm, <laughs> That's a good movie. I know. <laughs> okay. Cool Hand okay. Luke is not bad. I'm just surprised that this dude was in it. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, that is surprising. Let me hit you with the, uh, the 10-star review. Oh, no. What? At this moment, Alan Quartermain lost City Gold is at the IMDb bottom 100, number 89, and I really disagree. It has a good cast, which includes Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone, James Earl Jones, and Henry Silva. It has very good music. Yeah, <laughs> very beautiful scenery and good action. What is wrong with this movie? I really don't know what else to say, except if you haven't seen it, rent it. It's a good movie. 
this this uh when you take like five huffs of paint and decide to go on IMDb that's what happens um the the next eight eight of ten is okay so it isn't raiders but it is enjoyable if you don't take it too seriously after all how hard is it to follow king solomon's minds (laughs) it's apparently pretty hard it's very it's actually a big challenge um the oh my god there's another 10 star i'm so excited how uh, this one has a lot of uh, censored swear words, so look out. And this is from this year. It's from 2018. Jake, did you get high and write a review of this before doing this Under podcast? Under the name Anthony Rauscher? No, I did not. That's, this is from uh, January like of this year. No, it's not because it's not Abraham Lincoln. Um, no, it's James Earl Jones as a Zulu type warrior. It's amazing. <laughs> Henry Silva's bad guy could whoop Skeletor's ass with dollar signs. Uh, Sharon Stone is sexy and cute as all heck. That's actually true. Uh, they did they did improve her character substantially in the second Mistress one. of the Dark Elvira as one of the two equally very beautiful queens. That's who that was. Um... Richard Chamberlain is awesome and comes across as a charming, glowing-faced, well-skilled, well-groomed TV star quality that yet, comma, unlike TV quote-unquote heartthrobs, has genuine interest and adventurous fearlessness that makes the whole film seem so natural. (laughs) Classy, well-rehearsed and scripted action scenes. No. Lots of very cool, absolutely beautiful, well-filmed look. This is Richard Chamberlain. They were, um, yeah, that's actually Robert, Richard Chamberlain. Um, they were because well, this had like again because they were doing more of the supernatural shit. Like there were some very visible wires among other things. Lot, there's a lot of real weird shit. Um, tons of really cool extras in the film. Interesting and captivating, <laughs> adventurous story that's not at all pompous. Oh my god! It has a fair dose of charm, heart, and some pretty funny moments in a unique and quirky way. With great characters that are almost all, almost a modern video game style mashup, and are extremely lovable, discernible from each other, and notable. Discernible <laughs> from each other and notable, which is the highest praise one can imagine for characters in a film. Oh my goodness! Uh, is this it is Michael really Bay? Just, this is just playing into my theory that this is just Riker on the holodeck. Yeah, all of this. If you like movies like Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, National Ooh. Treasure, and things like Brendan Fraser or Dwayne, quote, The Rock Johnson <laughs> style adventure movies and the like, you this will is, definitely enjoy this. This person just managed to slam Harrison Everybody. Ford, Nick Cage, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, and The Rock. Yeah. That's an incredible a slam. <laughs> this is probably a film most people have not seen or heard of. It's great to find something new that is old. And considering the genre's limited profile of movies, this film is far more worth, more far more than worth watching uh, if you really do enjoy them. Is this a Michael Bay or JJ Abrams film? No. Shine a flashlight into a prism at your eyes while you watch this, and it'll be the best one ever. What? What? What does that mean? What does that mean? That's the end of the we review. We should try it. We should have done that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. get our hands on a prism yeah, why not? and shine a flashlight into There's our eyes. Uh-huh. another 9 of 10. 
This is amazing. Oh, God. There are people, like, I would, like, I love this movie and I wouldn't stand for it like this. Like, here's the takeaway. Like, the first one is worth watching. I love the first one. The first one's great. First one is, like, it's ridiculous and the pacing is very bad, but it's pretty entertaining. So, The story, second one is just, yeah. just god awful. When I was a kid, I had, uh... I had the first one on a uh, a, a bootleg VHS tape. As obviously. you do. As That's you how do. I watched all of Beyond 2000. Nice. Uh, one of you is breathing super hard into a microphone. It's probably it's probably tipsy because I went to push to talk. Okay. Unfortunately, that's probably that's not okay. going to be picked up by. Oh no! I'm sure it mic. won't. I'm just like trying to like. I well, keep I, I mistaking say, it I for say talking. Unfortunately, because uh, there are people who pay good money for that. So it's true. And we charge them a lot. See, Tipsy, feel go. free to breathe real heavy into the mic as much well, as you we want. We can do a whole episode of that for the uh, backer show. That's fine. The backer oh, okay. show is yeah, nothing but real heavy breathing. Give me a cut. Okay. Yeah, we can arrange yeah. that. Okay. Um, no, so like this movie, uh, I for years, I couldn't find the second one. And so, like, young me was convinced that it was going to be amazing. Because I'd seen it once when I was, like, real little, and it scared the shit out of me. Because, like, the dipping people in gold thing's kind of horrifying. Um, I mean, it's pretty fucked up. It's super they're, fucked they're up. gold-based economy that involves just it's, dipping people in gold. It's a weird, like, the, it's a weird economy where they're like, yeah, I have a giant, like, antechamber full of fucking molten gold. And you're like, why? And they're like, I don't know. I don't know, but I just dipped some people in there. I'm super evil. <laughs> You're like, I guess, bud. Uh, but like, I finally Henry found it Silva. on. I finally found it on a VHS, another VHS bootleg tape, <laughs> and I watched course, it when I was again, like, makes sense. I think like fifteen or sixteen, and I was like, God, this is, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Jesus. I like, I was super convinced that like, you know, as like, I was, I was obviously it scared me, so obviously it was good. Like that was like my brain in when I was a teenager, and uh, then I watched it, and Does I was it like, "Does it scare this is, you?" Yes, it was great. It had to be great. Like, I'll, be, I'll be real. By that standard, Mars Attacks is the greatest film of all time. God, Ooh, Mars, Mars Attacks! Really scary. I was terrified of that as when I saw it. Yeah, I like stressed out for ever after. I didn't watch it again because so I was like, "No, that was too scary." It's weird. That's amazing. It was weird I, to me, like as an adult, realizing that it's primarily meant as a comedic a comedy oh, straight up a comedy yeah, yeah but yeah no but, i mean just the fact that their ray guns like skeletalize Awful. people oh yeah. yeah i was i was freaked the fuck out that's funny anyway so this uh actually second second kind of funny story uh we uh so i talked about it before on the show my uh my family did uh animal rescue when i was a kid and um we, uh, we usually did wildlife but we also did reptile stuff once in a while and we adopted what a GI said was an iguana. Oh, no. It, it turned out it was a massive fucking savanna monitor. Um. <laughs> Which my mom immediately named Umbobo. And then after I got to this film. after this film because my whole family loves it and I love it and it's great. Anyway, um, but we uh, have this they monitor. Can, uh, they can get up to 78 pounds. Yeah, he wasn't small. Um, he was one of the like we had a dude. I remember we had a dude uh, come up because there's like a there was a a reptile owner club in town, and uh, we were part of it. 
which is a weird thing now that as I'm, as an adult, my brain's like, that's pretty weird. Um, but as a kid, I was like, this is tight. These, this is fucking super fun. <laughs> and I like this a lot. I was like, I get to hang out with giant lizards and snakes. This owns, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so we had this thing and this dude was like, huh, this is the biggest I've seen in captivity. And it was just a thing that lived in my garage. Jesus there. Yeah. That sounds um, great. I, one time, uh, a friend of my parents came over in new leather boots. Do you know what leather smells like to Savannah monitors? Uh, prey, I'm guessing? Fucking food. Oh my god. <laughs> so he's like across the room rushing this lady's boots, just like clamped down. And like to give you an idea, like those are uh, monitors have a, a jaw strong enough to like crush human bone. <laughs> So he's just like murdering this lady's boots, and I'm just like, "That's pretty metal. I like this. I love this pet. <laughs> this rules. This owns." And she's still in them. She wasn't like not in them. Is she okay? <laughs> she's fine. Um, they were they were they're not like super flimsy like fashionable leather boots. Mm, they were like so Alaska they were leather boots. Stronger than human bone. They were they were stronger than human bone. Great. Um, we also used to have so we fed him mice, obviously, right? Of course, as you do. And we had. Very stupid adopted cats. So picture me <laughs> standing next to the open side of a cage we had custom built for him um, with a door and me th- th- in the cat. One of the more retarded cats we owned, seeing a mouse fly through the air, leaping in. As the monitor oh, no. snaps it oh, out of no. so the monitor snaps the mouse out of the air, the cat notices what's going on as he's jumping, proceed like puffs up into like a giant, you know, defensive furball of a cat and will not remove himself from the backside of the cage. The monitor <laughs> didn't even realize the cat was there. Of course. He was eating he had a mouse and he was good. Um and so I was like, Oh, uh, how am I gonna get the cat out of here? Because he'll bite me if I go through here because he's eating. Um, so I do take apart. The, like my whole family had to take apart the other half of the cage to extract <laughs> the cat. Who <laughs> <It> was terrified. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, it reminded me of the uh, fucking. A friend of mine loaned his, um, his king snake mm-hmm. to my seventh grade science class. Yes. And he had fed the king snake um, frozen mice. Yeah. So, of course, our seventh grade science teacher, who was a lunatic, <laughs> just started feeding it live Oh, mice. no. And eventually, you know, that was a whole thing. It was like, oh, no, one of them bit the snake. And it didn't, you know, it was fine. Yeah. But uh, it pissed him off, uh, the friend. Yeah. But and the snake. Probably the, probably the, the snake. first mouse we put in there, like knew exactly what was happening and lost its shit and ran away across the cage as the snake ch- chased after it. Uh, nature. And then like, and then every subsequent mouse that was put in there was just a complete dumb shit. One of them even like, like, you know, they just kind of like wander around or like dig themselves in. Um, one of them straight up walked over to the snake and like stared directly at it. Oh my god. Like into its just, face. What a badass. Just fucking just like uh, fuck the snake. The snake just bit it on the head. <laughs> it didn't even have to move. It just went. 
Oh god. Yeah, it was it was fucking wild. So yeah, reptiles though. Reptiles are fun. I had a I spent a whole summer having to paralyze mice to feed to an owl. Like <laughs> manually. So you'd have to like, like, uh, owls. like so that they were still alive. Because yeah, owls won't eat them dead. Why did you have to paralyze them? Because they would bite the owl. The owl was super injured. How how do you paralyze a mouse? Oh, uh, you take it by the tail and you snap its head against a wall. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's not. Doesn't that kill them? Why does that paralyze but not kill them? It just them? breaks. You it don't do a super... Them. Well, no, it, it breaks their neck. And it doesn't, doesn't oh, quite okay. kill them. They're dying, but you're just like, here you go, owl. And the owl's like, now they're dying faster. Huh. Yeah. Um, That's pretty wild. Wildlife uh, interesting to know what happened to the owl that ran into my parents' car <laughs> uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> like they were they were driving along and they heard a thump. Oh, no. oh god! And uh, and a fucking um, think a burrow owl. Not one hundred percent sure, but like some type of owl. Um, no, a tawny maybe uh, had just like flown into the side of their car. <laughs> That's how they took it home, yeah. and we didn't have any live anything to feed it, and it was concussed, so it was just kind of like in a Tupperware tub with a grate <laughs> over the top, just like staring, <laughs> looking all drowsy. Oh, God. But yeah, we took it to a raptor rescue. That's good. It, was, it, it turned out to be okay, but, uh, but yeah, it was... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we had to do... That, that, was, that was a very weird thing, because I, I, I was uh, at classes at the time. Yeah. Again, this was a couple years ago, right. so I was you know in university. And so I get home, I come inside, and there's just, like, a Tupperware tub containing an owl with, like, no explanation. Like, oh, hey, son. Like, uh, uh, so, uh, so, uh, hey, <laughs> what's, what's an owl doing here? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah, anyhow, um, yeah, so this movie, like, it... Maybe skip this movie. Yeah, it sucks. But if you really want to see a second Alan Quartermain movie with Richard Chamberlain... And also a bunch of very, very questionable special effects. Uh, and there's snake-headed monsters that crawl out of holes. and Oh, yeah, a lot of those. A lot of that. So and corpses. Oh, man, there was some real gross corpses. There was a guy yeah. in the like hallway thing that like just fell out of the wall, and then his face melted off, and then something came out of his mouth. Yeah. There's no explanation of that. No. Then later, Zero there's, like, the floating fat guy, and, like, a grub thing comes out of his mouth. Yeah. And, like, that... It's regular times. ...aspect of the grub thing was never explored further. No, thank God. Yeah. Awful. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's a, it pretty fucked up. They were just like, how many fucked up things have... How many fucked up things we pack into this movie? Go. We didn't really have a plot. We got we got to really make a Temple of Doom analog here. The plot is very loose, and it's very like Alan Quartermain and Co. save the lost city of gold from a lion gold cult. Yeah, when they, when they went to the like the last battle sequence, which almost no justification was given for that. No, but they all have uh, African mithril shirts, though. Well, yeah, they made them out of gold. Yeah, and weapons, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the one of the heaviest metals, heavy and soft, the best. Yeah, that's what you want for armor. Yep. Metal. Uh, it turns away African spears, which makes them think you are the devil. Which also we <laughs> are we are glossing over the scene where the cannibals attack Quartermain, and Quartermain's solution is to both shoot at them in the night and throw dynamite at them. 
Well, that's his solution to everything. He's just like, well, there's a problem. And he's got like both hands, gun, dynamite. He's like, hmm, hmm. (laughs) Yes. What do I do here? (laughs) This seems like a gun and dynamite situation. Um, the, the scene where he is saying nonsense magic words while lighting dynamite in the middle of a, like a civilized area, uh, is pretty high. Like, that's like my favorite part of the movie, I think. Just cause it's like, what is happening? Cause the guy, the, the dude, the, uh, the tribal chieftain from the, the wastes of Africa is, uh, challenging him. In a dominance display, <laughs> by yeah, a rock breaking, by contest. breaking shit over his head. <laughs> and uh, Quartermain's solution is to trick him into trying to break the giant, apparently marble benches these people have made. Uh, Quartermain, of course, in the the most obvious like switch you've ever seen pulls a stick of dynamite out of the inside of his shirt. And he's just like, ha ha, I just needed this for this. Puts it under the thing and just says abracadabra for a minute and walks like 30 feet away. (laughs) Blows it up and you're like, the fuck is this? It's good that none of these like adult white people with professional perms uh, oh, there are a lot know of what dynamite is. Uh, yeah. no, they are the lost white race from Africa. Why would they know what dynamite is? <laughs> of course, of course. Look, th- this whole film concludes with a bunch of uh, gold-colored paint yep. and some of the worst wire fighting I've ever seen. Also, the cutaway from the 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 main bad guy uh, getting Quartermain kicks him into the the molten pa- the molten gold as it's flowing off the roof. And, right, uh, and he becomes a horrifying statue. Yeah, no, the cutaway from that where it's like, oh, I'm covered in molten gold, and it cuts to Quarterman and cuts back, and they've replaced it with an actual statue. Right. And you're like, oh, with perfect hair. Which looks nothing minutes. like the guy. Not at all. Not, <laughs> Not even, even a little, a well, little bit. That's why they needed the hair, is to make sure that we knew it was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's vaguely got his hair <laughs> and no got other his element hair of him. And maybe his cloak. It's rough. Anyway, this is a very rough movie, and James Earl Jones yeah. once again proves that he will do anything for money. Um, they they conclude finally with like kicking the the bad the the dude who turned on them into the water, and then it just like cuts to credits. Just no, like no, so that whole end scene oh, that was great. Yeah, there's, it's just like oh, everyone's uproariously laughing. James Earl Jones throws him over the crowd into a pool of water after he had literally betrayed them to the the slavers and wasteland Africans. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, guys, you are real easy to forgive this dude. And then everyone shares a good laugh. They all have a good laugh. the film is over. Good time. That's it. That's the end of the movie. It's amazing. Though the first one, here's the deal, listeners. If you've never seen these movies, you owe it to yourself to watch both. Uh, The first one is the one that is good. Yeah, if you, if you can barely make it through the first one, maybe skip the you second. You will not be one. able. If you if you have trouble with the first one, the second one will undoubtedly mm. just make you fall asleep immediately. I couldn't bring myself to pay attention to it. The second you, one, you didn't and miss much. Again, Tipsy fell asleep at the climax of the film with the lightning axe. Somehow, with the lightning axe, I'm really good at falling asleep. To be fair, <laughs> like it's probably my greatest skill. Just. <laughs> 
sleep done. <laughs> Falling and staying asleep. I, I was just saying, like, man, it's a little bit loud. And then, oh, never mind. She's asleep. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> bright shit. Straight the up screen does not matter. strobing full tilt every time Quartermain hits a giant gold lion with an <laughs> axe. Terrible lightning effects. Gold paint going everywhere. <laughs> What a, Tipsy just what a snoring. fucking peaceful night's sleep. <laughs> it's perfect background. Richard Chamberlain's really going fucking couch. nuts. A dude's getting dumped into fucking molten gold from a trap door for some reason. Truly incredible. The trap door that everyone knows is there, but people keep fucking falling people into. People keep fucking standing on it. It's like a step down. It yeah. is really weird how... Uh, <laughs> Jesse, is that her name? Miss Hudson, Miss Houston, Jessie Houston, one of those. Yeah. How she jumped into it when, like, the first encounter with yeah, the it, kid, opened, it opened, and then she jumped and then in. She jumps in from several feet away. Yeah, and is like, "Oh no, I'm an idiot." <laughs> yeah, you are. What have I done? Yeah, it's incredible. She, her character is great. Um, everything about this movie. We haven't even talked about the driving scene. Which one? So weird. The one where she drives. Oh, like, right. Oh, she's like oh, ranting God, about yeah. the fact like that Quartermain is leaving. And she's just a psychopath. And they, and they like do that joke like three times before they're finally like, oh, she's going to go And then she just like strips in the backseat. Yeah. Incredible. That's uh, really, that's the, de- I mean, that's a useful lady. And definitely, she can drive, she can drive and get naked in the back seat, and also probably die in Africa somewhere. <laughs> Mysteriously Please. survive encounters with cannibals constantly. <laughs> um. Anyway, so these movies are ridiculous, listeners. They are they are from the eighties, and they are strangely high budget for what they are. Um. But you should definitely go. You know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like if they were filmed concurrently, that eleven million makes more sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because the budget, like, because King Solomon's Mines is not an eleven million dollar movie. No, it is not. Both no. of these could be eleven million dollar movies. Both of them together, and they were clearly running out toward the end of film. <laughs> oh God, yeah, they were just like, just pour more gold paint off the side. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of gold paint getting dumped on people, and a lot of a dudes of just paint. like just trying to sell their deaths super hard like they get a little bit of gold paint on them they're like, just, Jesus just falling down <laughs> flights of stairs and shit and you're just like good lord it's like wrestling it's didn't great. even add any steam just just hit douse with gold point paint yep falling rolling around it's great anyway incredible incredible <laughs> realistically the second is a terrible movie the first one's very fun um Anyway, it's also bad, but it's not that bad. No, it's I mean, you know, it's I would say it's like a competent adventure movie. Kind of John Reese Davies is in it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John Reese Davies is almost the high point of the movie, aside from like. Just all the very stupid scene, the very stupid script is like maybe the best star of the film. Where you're like, and John Rhys, John Rhys Davies and James Earl Jones just, are the best parts of each of these, but James Earl Jones cannot even save the second one. No, no, he can't. Uh, he is pretty funny, and he does have a pretty kick-ass axe. 
Uh, but again, actually a superhero. He's the only one that notices the constant betrayal of the slimy priest boy. He is. Everyone else is like oblivious to it. They're like, oh, <laughs> whatever. We'll have a. He's at it again. Let's have a chuckle. And James Earl Jones is like, I would like oh. to execute him. Yeah, consistently straight up saying, I, I, w- I would kill you right now if I did not have such yeah. amazing self-control. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, anyway, thank you for listening. Tipsy, thank you for coming on the show again. Mm. Um, listeners, goodbye. I love you.